You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and today we are joined by a very special guest in former Arsenal defender Kieran Gibbs. Anyway, here are today's topics. Arsenal maintain their five-point gap at the top after a convincing win at Fulham. Man City find a way past Crystal Palace thanks to a second-half penalty. Bournemouth stun Liverpool at Vitality Stadium to snatch all three points. And Manchester United struggle at home against Southampton after Casemiro is sent off. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. Yeah, and as must be mentioned, we've got a special guest, Kieran Gibbs, who joins us today. Kieran started off his youth career at Wimbledon before joining the Arsenal Academy in 2004. He made his senior debut in 2007 for the Gunners and played until 2017 where he picked up three FA Cup titles along the way. Keelan's also played four seasons for West Brom before making the move over to this side of the pond to the United States and into Miami. Thanks Keelan for joining us today. Great to have you on the show and obviously with Arsenal top of the table and things going well that's where we've really got to start. 3-0 win against Fulham today in, a, in another London derby that they don't concede goals and, and win the three points. What's the difference, you think, in this Arsenal group and team than some of the teams that either you were in or Arsenal teams of the past? Yeah, afternoon, boys. Appreciate the, the warm welcome. Uh, fan of both of your work. And, Robbie, I know you're a Wimbledon man as well, so <laughs> yeah. it's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> I think we're showing our age yeah, with uh, mentioning the Wimbledon thing, considering they've they've been dispatched <laughs> for a good odd twenty years. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think listen with with Arsenal at the moment, uh, they're just really in the zone right now, and it's clear for everyone to see they're they're on a mission. Uh, they're showing all the signs of a championship team. They're holding on really tight to that momentum and and their confidence. I think. The difference probably, if I were to pick a couple of things, would be they've kept the majority of their squad fit mm. for most of the season, you know, bar one or two, Jesus and a few others. And that's obviously key if you're if you're going for titles. Uh, I think the other thing would probably be like overall game management and, and momentum. I think it's been top. You know, when they've suffered a loss uh, or they've been rocked a little bit, they've bounced back immediately this season uh, maybe in the past you know a loss might have dented the boys a little bit uh, and gone into a dip in form for probably two or three games rather than just one and I think that that's just massive over the course of the season you know um, so I've, I think that those two things yeah. stand out for me uh, in terms of like major differences I think just the way that they play today you know Rob I mean um, god blimey I, I thought today they were as good as I've, as I've seen them for, mm. for quite a while. Just, just the determination, and I'll, I'll desperately get Kieran's kind of take on the manager, played with him at Arsenal, of course, a teammate. 
just the determination, Rob, and the, and the game philosophy of playing yeah. out from the back. And from minute one, I watched it so closely because Fulham wanted to say, OK, we can press. We're a pretty well-organised team. We've pre uh, credited Fulham yeah. so much this yeah. season with being hard-working, well-organised, press well together, know exactly what they're doing. But Arsenal still found a way to play through that press, press right from minute one. And I think when they established that control, then they totally dominated the game. Some of the slick football through midfield into that final third where the penetration was there, the quality was there, the finishing was there. Um, I just thought today was a real... There's been a few of these for me where I'm yeah. like, wow, they look so good. And maybe still continuing um, to improve. <clears throat> just on that, Kieran, and the philosophy of the manager, uh, Mikel Arteta was a teammate of yours at Arsenal. Um, is this how you would, would expect him to coach, given what he was like as a footballer, a very technical midfield player, really good on the ball? Is this surprising you how well he's done in his first job as a main man with the style that he's employing at the club? I think it's only surprised me from the fact that they have the youngest squad in the Premier League. Mm. And so, you know, to get that out of them this season so far uh, would, would probably be the only thing that surprises me. Uh, I think, but I think Mikel's secret ingredient for me is, is his obsession with the game. You know, you have to be obsessed if you want to be, I mean, at the top of anything, um, but especially as a manager and going from playing into management. Uh, I think if, if, if I was to think of three or four qualities that a top manager has to have, um, you know, it would be things like intensity. So his passion, his heart, his desire. I think without that, you're, um, you know, you're going to struggle. I think his vision, you know, his identity, his values, the culture, I think it just fits well with the club. I think his character, you know, what kind of person he is. Can he relate to this young squad um, that he has on a personal level? You know, we're in a new era now and, you know, whether we like it or not, the game has changed. And I think he's just perfect for that as he, mm. he has a blend of modern culture that can resonate with the players, you know. He's easy to talk to. Um, he's got a humorous side to him. Um, he keeps the players' feet on the ground. That was a big part of you know what he was about when he was when I was playing with him. Um, and he's earned that respect, you know, that you need as a, as a manager with so many egos. Um, and then I think probably just above all of that is just has been his execution this season. He's uh, you know whenever he's had chances to make substitutions or squad rotation like he's kept such a healthy balance and I think he's been spot on with that so I, I just think it's a combination of all of those things is there any sort of comparisons to the great Arsene Wenger you you worked on, on under Wenger you saw what was being built there it wasn't some of his, his greatest years it had so much success but can you see any similarities in the two are they very different people <sighs> Well, I mean, they're, they're different in terms of probably more vocal. I think Mikel is, he's very intense, you know, like on the side of the pitch and he's lively off the pitch. Um, whereas Arsene was probably a bit more quieter, but more, had probably more intent. Um, and, you know, when he spoke that you knew to listen, basically. Um, so I reckon there's a few differences there, but... Mikel's obviously learned so much from him, from playing under him. And I think he's probably just pulled styles of Arsene, of Pep, of 
other like figures that he admires and just kind of packaged it all into one to, to be the manager that he wants to be. Got to ask you, Kieran, um, <clears throat> I thought uh, the club made a brilliant signing in um, Alexander Zinchenko, obviously playing left back right now. A couple of things, though, two questions, really. What do you think to Zinchenko in terms of, of a modern day left back? And on that position now where we're seeing so many times the fullbacks are moving into central midfield, really, to allow a midfield player to go and join the attack. Is that something that you ever saw in, in your career? And, and if not, is it something that you would have enjoyed to do? And, and basically just how do, you, how do you find that, watching these fullbacks go from outside and to midfield? And Zinchenko is probably one of the best in the Premier League at doing it. Yeah, he is. And he's been well coached, obviously, under Pep, because that's kind of where mm. that started. I can't really remember teams doing that no, I can't um, too much over the years. So it's kind of like a new... Uh, tactical thing but he's brilliant at it and you can tell how much it benefits the team it allows the deeper midfielders to push higher up the pitch and you know sustain attacks and keep the pressure on so I think it's a great tactic if you've got the right personnel um, to do that it can be really effective and we've seen it a lot this season could you would you have done that could you have would you have been comfortable doing that Kieran would you have been okay doing that I would have liked to have given it a go in some games because we used to dominate a lot of the mm. games that we played in. And so, you know, because we just had such high technical players in the team that could keep the ball. We used to keep the ball for large spells of the game and try and, you know, suffocate the opponent mm. uh, with the ball. So it would have definitely been something that, you know, I would have liked to have tried for sure. Mm. I think there's always been times with Arsenal, Kieran, that regardless of how well the team is doing, they've always had you know, a star player, a superstar. And, and, and there's been times if that star player wasn't playing, that maybe Arsenal weren't at their best. We've seen mm. Gabriel Jesus got injured in the World Cup in, in November. Many people thought, well, they haven't really got another centre forward who can replace him. You know, they might drop out the picture a little bit. He, he, he came back in the squad today, came on for the last 10, 15 minutes of the game. I mean, how important is he to the squad? And, and, and is this squad different that he doesn't just rely on one person? Because... They can do things in different ways. Martinelli has days. Saka has days. Trossard today was outstanding. You know, has Mikel Arteta built, built something that's not just one-dimensional? He definitely has. He definitely has. I just feel like he's just gotten the most out of all of the players that he's got. And it goes down to, you know, what I was saying earlier about one of the qualities that he has as a manager um, to bring out the best in the players when, when needed. And I think he's just been spot on with that this season. And, you know, the quality of Erdegaard, Martinelli, Saka is clearly evident. Mm. But I just like how much they dog. I just like how much they dog. When they don't have the ball, they pounce on it straight away. You know, they're, they're just relentless um, for 90 minutes. They're so direct, but they're also efficient with the mm. way they use the ball. Um, you know, the way they use the time and space on, on the pitch is is of the highest quality. And we just saw that so much today. Um, so, yeah, you've just got all of these players chipping in at the right times this season. Kieran, before we move on um, to Man City's game, uh, I just want to make one comment first. I, I just thought today Arsenal looked like they played without a worry in the world. No fear. No, no fear. Mm. Super confident. We're all waiting, Kieran, and, and many in the media are waiting for them to look nervous or to, you know, of course, they've had, they've had to come back from deficits and they've done amazing things. But today I just thought they looked like so cool. Last question, mate. 
the title. Like, is this going to happen? Like, what could, with them being so young, anything that you, you sort of feel could trip them up? Where could they not, or how could they not win this from here? Well, then I think that then you, the only thing that you have to think about then is, is Man City, for me at this point anyway. Um, because I think with City, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't watched them as much as I've watched Arsenal this season. But the scary thing with City is that it's just it's possible that they're kind of in cruise control at the moment. Yeah. And on a whole, they're not at their very, very best that we've seen over the years, but they're still right up there. And you just wonder if... Mm if they are kind of in second or third gear and they just ramp it up at any moment, then, you know, that could be trouble because obviously they've got to play each other still. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's, 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 it's their league, both of their leagues right now and kind of everyone else is just, is just playing in it. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I watched plenty of the City game this, this weekend against Palace. Well, you're right. They weren't at the tip-top best. Missed a couple of chances early on. Got maybe a penalty that was a little bit clumsy from Elise. Um, but Pep's teams always give you problems, and they're relentless, Kieran. You've played against Pep's teams. What's the biggest challenge? Is it that he's going to change things tactically? Is he going to play a fullback in there? He's going to play inverted um, fullbacks or false nines? Is it always like second-guessing what he might be doing? Yeah, playing against a pet team is uh, it's, it's like swatting flies, Robbie. It's, it's like trying to swat flies, to be honest. I mean, I don't know what that game is where you have to whack the um, the heads back yeah, into the hole and then the other whack a mole, some some whack a mole, whack a mole, whack a mole. Yeah, it's it's, it's similar to that. Um, it's a bit of a nightmare because he's just got such high quality players and so they're so well drilled. Um, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a really tough. It's a really tough ask going up against up against Pep, um, and he's he's a brilliant manager. And obviously, you can see that with Arsenal now because Mikel's spent a few years learning under him. I mean, I think the two of them, both teams, tactically are almost yeah. identical. The way that the fullbacks drop in, and it's the, it's very very similar. Just just to follow up on that question, like when I'm always fascinated because I didn't play. I'm, I'm way older than you, of course, but 
when you try and press a pep side, and I guess it's the same with Arsenal now, how long is it when you realise, oh, uh, nah, I'm, you're getting... Does it, it makes you kind of drop off, Kieran, doesn't it? Does, it? does it make you drop off and say, well, we can't get the ball? And is that how... I guess he just disarms teams because they drop back, let you have possession, or Pep's teams have possession. Is that the natural thing to do? Or do you believe that with an organised press, you should keep going because there will be a way to, to find a, a breakthrough? Yeah, that's the double-edged sword that you face when you play against uh, his teams. And it kind of gives you the feeling of probably what other teams would experience when we would dominate yeah. a lot mm. of the games. And so... Yeah, we've both had the, we've on, we've <laughs> on the wrong side of it. We, we've, we've faced plenty of good Arsenal side with Bergkamp and Vieira and Henri and all that. So we know what it's like to chase shadows, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, yeah it's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've also been on the, on the receiving end of, <laughs> of some of those games... And that's that's what his identity is. That's what he tries to do to teams. He uh, he kind of defeats them psychologically uh, a lot of the time. You know. Yeah. It's interesting with, with Manchester City because they brought in Erling Haaland, who come a little bit divisive. Like some people say, they're not as good a team as him. He's got 28 Premier League goals now, incredible number. He does, in, in fact, change the way they play a little bit. A couple of questions here, Kieran, in terms of. Are you one of those who believes they're a better team with him in, scoring goals and obviously chasing down Arsenal? And if you were playing today and he was pulling onto you as a left-back and causing you problems, how would you deal with him? Uh, well, firstly, I mean, to say that after scoring 28 goals, you know, holds, holds them back or <laughs> makes them, you know, not as good a team is just hard. It's a hard one. Yeah. It's a hard one to I'm admit you, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he won't like hearing that, but uh, I don't think so. I, I think that they've, they're just as strong. They're just as strong. I just think that the rest of the team probably isn't clicking as much as they did, you know, maybe the last two or three years, but they're still, they're still not far off of it at all. Um, and we will at some point see that extra gear that they've got um, it's just a matter of time. And then probably playing against him, well, firstly, I'd, I'd, I would just, I would have to pray, I think. I think first things first, you just pray because, you know, let's not, let's not mess around. He's, he's pretty much unplayable most of the time. Um, so you want to just kind of hope that he's having an off day. And then after that, uh, the best way probably in my opinion would, would be to try and stop the service that gets mm. to him in the first yeah. place, you know. Mm. Try your best to stop, stop it at source. and Foden and all those guys. Right. Um, you know, maybe doubling up on, mm. on those players and the creative players, which, again, is another Im impossible task at, at times. But um, I would say that would be my, my only hope with his form right now. Kevin De Bruyne, just following up on him, he's been out the side a little bit. Are, are, you, are you surprised that Pep... I mean, I guess Pep has periods with different players where he sits them on the bench for a little while, they come back and do well. I'm just surprised that, that De Bruyne is in that mode right now. Mm. Would he be always in your, on your team sheet, Kevin De Bruyne? Are you a big fan of him? Or, or do you think that Pep's right and other players maybe deserve to play in front of him right now? I'm a huge fan of his. And, he, yeah, he's first name on the team sheet for me. Mm. Um, there could be so many reasons, though, as to why you know, he's not playing as much recently, you know, like there's, there's a lot of moving parts. It could be, it could be anything. Mm. So, you know, 
um, let him have his rest as long as it means that we get to see the the best Kevin De Bruyne that we know. Uh, I'm sure all football fans want to see that, not even just City fans. Um, we want to see the best players playing at the top. And so, you know, I think he's earned himself a few games here and there where uh, he has that rest. It might be mentally, physically, um, as long as we get to see the Kevin that, that we love when when he's available and 100%. During the uh, Arsene Wenger era, I suppose one stick that was always out for, for Wenger was that he never won the Champions League with you know such great teams and great players. Do you think that's something that resonates with Pep? People tend to keep talking about the Champions League. At some point, will his focus have to be on making sure he wins out while he's Manchester City manager? While he's a Man City manager, of course, it's going to be at, uh, at the top of his at the top of his priority list because it's the only thing that he hasn't won with them, um, if I'm not mistaken. So he'll definitely want to tick that off. Um, but I don't think it's like a big mental thing. Why, with, why do you think they've failed so recently? Got to late stages, quarterfinals. I mean, final against Chelsea. What? what, what? What is it with this great team that we see every week in the Premier League, but somehow can't quite finish it off in the Champions League? Honestly, it could be could be so many things, but they, mm. they've they've gone for the title every year for the last five years, and yeah. to do that domestically and then in Europe, um, you know, if you, if you fall short here and there, it's uh, it, it goes to show that they are they are actually human, you know. Mm. Um, so if I, when I see things like that, I don't really look too much into it. They've they've come really close. Um, I'm sure they're still desperate to to get that that final monkey off their back. Um, but you know we can't we can't discard that they're a top top team. Would you would you at this point then, given that, would you be tempted to prioritise a Champions League now, Kieran, for them and say, you know what, should we go flat out? to try and get this, these five points back from Arsenal. And the stock answer would be, you know what, they, they, they should try and do both. Mm. But are we at the point where, actually, we will make sure I get my strongest team for the Champions League and maybe rest a few for the Premier League? Would you think that's a, a good strategy right now for Pep to try and get that Champions League trophy? Well, I'm going to say that so that he takes his foot off the gas <laughs> in the <laughs> front for a bit. So it's a bit unfair to ask me, I think, probably. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I might as well just say he sh- he should definitely do that and just go for the Champions League this year. Yeah, yeah. let's turn it just to, to Liverpool, uh, Kim. Before we let you go, um, seven 0 win against Manchester United one week, one 0 loss against Bournemouth the next week. Kind of inconsistencies with Liverpool that we've seen throughout the season. What? Why do you think the drop off? And is this? Do you, do you believe this might be the first cycle of of, of the Klopp era? And he has to come with another wave of players to, to kickstart this thing again. Well, he's going to have to have another cycle of players purely because of a lot of their ages. You know, he's been there for, I don't know, five, five years now, five, six years. Seven is it now? Yeah, but I, I just think to, they just look a bit tired for me. They just look a bit tired emotionally, uh, physically, mentally to keep doing what they've, they've done over the last five years. With the way that he plays, it's not surprising that you know they're having an off season. You know, I, I always find it funny when people, you know, are asking for Klopp's head, and it 
it baffles me a little bit, but that's that's kind of the world we live in now, you know, so it's come to be expected. But they've competed heavily for every competition yeah. for the last five mm-hmm. years. Three Champions League finals, I think it is, a Prem uh, title, challenging every year for that. There's been a World Cup in the mix. A lot of players went to that. Um, you know, Klopp's style of play is so intense, it's just not surprising that they've, they're having a bit of a... Um, a down year. Do you think there's any comparisons when you? Th- I look back at the Arsenal kind of Arsene Wenger years, and then he had to kind of transition and try and build a new team. Is it similar? Do, do you think there's a similarity there, Kieran? Where you know a new manager sometimes got to try and create a new team, and it's not always easy. I think Wenger had, had difficulties trying to reach the heights of a previous team that he built. Yeah, I mean, of course, you got to be blessed with the squad of players um, and keeping everyone happy is also a task because, you know, we don't even, we haven't even mentioned the trying to replace players like Sadio Mane um, in the form that Mm. he was in was Mm. near enough impossible. Um, So I just think it's a, this is pretty normal for a club that's trying to, you know, achieve great things. And it kind of just shows you, how tough the the league is you know teams used to dominate for for a decade before um i mean even to try and just be available for europe these days on a consistent basis is is tough we're seeing that now right mm-hmm. um arsenal haven't been in the champ in the champions league for the last 5 years i don't know 5 years maybe yeah. so um that consistency that you're seeing with City um, and these teams is just goes to show you, you know, how, how remarkable it is to operate at that level for, for a long time. I just wanted to, to, to ask you personally, you, you know about the position of fullback. You were an attacking fullback, want to get forward, it can make things happen in the attacking third. How did you find the balance of that when maybe things weren't going well for the team? Did you feel you had to concentrate a bit more on your defending? Because I'm... I'm trying to put the, get your thoughts on Trent Alexander-Arnold in terms of he gets a lot of criticism at times for his defending, yet we all know he's a, he's a brilliant uh, footballer in possession of the ball. As it, is the role of a fullback so different now? Robbie's talked about inverted fullbacks and Trent likes to get on. Or, or should Trent be working harder on the defensive side of his game to, to make him more rounded? I'm, I'm quite a big believer on... Um sticking to your strengths, you know, I think the the old way was that in anything you do, you kind of work on what you're not good at in order to be more all-rounded. Um, I feel like in the last few years, just in terms of like performance at whatever you're doing, that actually when you work on your strengths more, uh, you, you can be even more effective at your craft. So... I think it's a bit of a tricky one because, you know, when Liverpool were flying, it was, you know, this wasn't really mentioned as much. And so it's easy to Mm. to kind of point the finger when things aren't aren't going as well. So I love Trent. I think he's, I think he's brilliant footballer. Um, And I just hope that he continues to, you know, stay passionate about the game at such a young age. because He's won so much already. Um, and just and just focus on himself and, and his strengths and kind of just block out the noise. All right, last one from me. Um, 
Not an easy question. Top four, Liverpool. Do you think what you've seen against maybe Spurs and maybe Man United and Newcastle United, do you think Liverpool will do it, Kieran, in finishing the top four? I think, yeah, I think Liverpool do it. Right. I think Liverpool do it. I don't think, I would like to see, I would like to see Liverpool in there and just leave it at, instead of Spurs, to be honest. That's what I would like to see. Why not Spurs? Like, uh, is, that, is that an Arsenal thing? <laughs> <laughs> not even, it's just, I feel like probably most, most football people will, will agree that they're not, they're not the most exciting team on the eye, you know? <laughs> and that's just that's just that's just the reality. Even if I even if I wasn't, you know, an Arsenal boy, very I'm just a fan of football, and I like very to diplomatic, see Mr. Good very, very diplomatically put. <laughs> I, but it's true one, though, you know. Like, yeah, when you when you're competing in Europe, like mm. on the on the big stage, you kind of want to see teams that uh, are exciting to watch. And so Liverpool are obviously um, having a bit of a down year, but. You know they're 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 such an exciting team with with great players, and you kind of want to see them playing at the top. Just one more for me in terms of of you know the modern day football. You you know you joined Arsenal back in two thousand four, which is like the end of of Robbie Musto's and my careers. You've been a generation of two thousand four through till till today. What what do you see is like the biggest changes in players today? Or you know we see the technology, we see data, we see. You know, mental health issues. What's the biggest chance? Social media. What's the biggest difference from when you started back in the day in the academy to to where you are today? We went to Miami and your current career. Um, that's a good question. To, to, in order to pick out what the biggest change is, if I could, if, if I could probably pick two, it would mm. be the speed of the game. The speed of the game for me is 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 just so much faster now because of things like technology and you know um, all of the the fancy things that you you get in order to get your performance to the highest level. So I would say the speed, um, and then the second thing I would probably say that kind of football's more has become more of an individual game um, in oh, terms okay. of than, than more of a team, you know? Looking after yourself and doing your own things. and, and Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think like even just on the social side, like everyone's kind of their own individual brand now and, you know, you, oh, you represent your club, but there's a lot more, there's a lot more ways to kind of market yourself as, yeah. as an individual. And so maybe sometimes that kind of leaks into the game. Um, you know, you don't really have players that are at clubs for like 10 years anymore, you know. Mm. Um, people move fast and the game changes quickly. Um, there's just so much more money in the game now. And so it's easy to kind of come away from, you know, the loyalty side of the game. But... Each point. to their own, you know. It's uh, that's part of that's part of life. Well, Kieran, you had a great career, mate. Congratulations for that. Playing for Arsenal, playing for the national team, England. I would have killed somebody mm -hmm. to play for England. So, congratulations. Thanks very much for joining us on our on the Two Robbies podcast. And hopefully, we'll get to speak to you again. Let's get you back when uh, Arsenal win the title at the end of the season in May. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs>
Thanks, Deal. mate. Listen, have a great Pleasure, boys. Have a great Cheers, Kieran. weekend. Thanks for coming Take on. Take care. Take care. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Well, what a brilliant insight that was to have Kieran Gibbs on our podcast. As I said, hopefully we'll get him on if Arsenal do do the crazy thing and win the title, uh, first one in 19 years. Okay, Mr. Mosto, let's uh, recap the rest of the big stories from another fascinating weekend in the Premier League. Let, let's start it at Old Trafford. Um, Manchester United, on the back of that 7-0 defeat uh, to Liverpool last week, got mm. a good result for one uh, in the Europa League, which I think, Starts to make things better, but you know, trying to get back to business in the Premier League. Nil nil draw with Southampton that was impacted by a Casemiro straight record that's two red cards now in his last three Premier League games when he'd had no direct red cards in his career before, which is incredible. Um, I thought that Southampton were lucky maybe not to give a penalty away. I know we might have different yeah. views on, 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 on that one. But Manchester United, nil-nil. That has to go down as a, a decent result for Ruben Sellers in Southampton. Man United? Disappointing, isn't it? A, a disappointing one, yeah. Really. At home to Southampton, yeah. you, you'd expect a little more. Yeah, and of course, the, the 10 men makes a big difference. And, yeah. and first off, I, I think, you know, I had a couple of people on social media like, was it really a, was it yeah, really a red I, card? I, and and I, I understand why some people say that, Rob, because, you know, his boot hits the ball the first. Ball and, then it hits, yeah. and then it skims yeah. off. But... You know, again, when you've been in the game, you know how dangerous that tackle, that tackle was. Is, yeah. And you know that, that some players, I'm not saying he did this, I'm totally not saying he did this, but, yeah. but it's been done before where yeah. you skim a bit of the ball. Mm. And you catch the and you And you're yeah. still a bit high and there. It, and if it, it, Alcanaz's leg is straight and he's planted, Rob, that could be, that's yeah. a really possible, it, it, horrible thing. Yeah. It was a reckless challenge and it endangered the safety of an opponent, yeah. ticked both of those boxes. T- t- the force, the contact the point contact, was high. Yeah. In terms of Casemiro, Rob, because as I was saying, the stats are out there that he's never had a direct red card before in his career. He gets two at mm. Manchester United. Start to try to explain why this could happen. Is, is, he, is, he, is he trying to sort of prove a point? Is he taking on so much work? Does he feel like this Premier League is like, OK, I've heard about Premier League. I'll show people I'm not to be messed with. It's, mm. 
Combination of the few, of a few? I don't know. Uh, maybe he sees a league that's so intense and the fans are right there and it's brilliant atmosphere at mm. Old Trafford, isn't yeah. it? And he knows that the physicality in the league is high. Maybe he's wanting to say that I can, I can handle that. And, and I know he can handle that. I've seen him play yeah, enough yeah, times tough, to tough know dude, that he yeah. can tackle. But yeah. maybe he's just given the team, given you know, that he is the, the defending guy, he's yeah. protecting, it's his job to try and get his foot in. Just a little bit overzealous. Maybe mm. just, just trying a little bit too hard in terms of I'm a tough guy. I can win these tackles. I mean, that it was a it was a, a bit of a shocker of a of a yeah, challenge. 50, 50 but 50 but minutes, again, yeah. you know, an experienced player that's won everything. Mm. I mean, it's, I mean, he was he, he visibly was oh, pretty he, devastated. He was you know, well, and, yeah. and all it's the players. Four games, Rob. I've just got the games. Yeah, Fulham so, in the FA Cup, Newcastle in the league, Brentford in the league, Everton in. the I league. mean, he's a ma- we know what a great player he is. What a big loss it is. And now, surely, as he sits in that dressing room, mm. and he's probably his head in his hands. It's that he's a winner, and he and he, you'd think he'll now adjust his game a little bit. Okay, this is crazy. I've done this a couple of times. I'm no use to my team when I'm in here, yeah. and they're down to ten men, and he's missing for the next four games now, isn't yeah. it? So I would think that that you're not going to see it much more because because of who he is and how he'll adapt himself to mm. becoming a player that can still do the defensive side of things, but not maybe let the occasion get the better of him. What, I mean, what what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think the same. It, it took me back to back in the early 2000s. I remember doing an interview with Michael Essien, who'd just come from um, French football, uh, signed at Chelsea. I think it was around 205, 206 kind of time. And I remember he, he, he made a really rash challenge in one of his first um, games in the Premier League and, and got a, I think got a, a yellow card. I mean, he got a red card. Not too dissimilar to, to Casemiro. And I remember doing an interview with him um, a few weeks after and saying, you know, that tackle that you did uh, in the game. And, and his words were, Rob, coming to the Premier League and with all the, the, the fire and intensity that's there, he wanted to prove a point to Leon. He wanted to pe- let people know, if you want to go tough, I'll go tough. And it was interesting. Some of the summer, I thought, wow, is, is that what he was thinking? So he, was just, he wants to set his stall. He wants to set his stall in terms of if, if, if physical players want to come in the middle of the park and what a brilliant player he was, technically, physically, tactically mm. and everything else. Mm. But, I just wonder if a bit of that's in, in Casemiro, that, that you know, he, he, he wants to show that, you know, I'll be the boss in there. And it was interesting today, Rob, because he was almost a bit singular in, in his role. Played Bruno at times, went and got a little bit higher. They had uh, Vegas and Sancho. Sancho was... Uh, started as number 10, didn't Started he? as number 10. Mm. Rashford on the left, Anthony right. So it wasn't like it's him and Fred and these two people to do the work. He was the guy who was getting both sides of the pitch. Now, he's good enough to do that. Again, I just wonder if maybe just an overburden of work, just thinking I've got to make sure I win this tackle. It's just, it's just such a shame because he's so important to the football club and he's such, been such a great addition to the Premier League. Anything else that, that disappointed you? I mean, uh, again, those games going on at the same time. Uh, when I watched Man United, yeah. it looked like a wild game. The yeah, last yeah. 20 minutes or so, it was wild. I mean, Southampton they, had chances, they, by totally, the way. Totally, totally had good chances. They, they were attacking. The late, late it, even the game up a little bit with United even, at 10. Yeah, it, it was pretty even. And, and United had a couple of good looks. Southampton had a few. Yeah, Walcott looks re-energised again. Had a couple of good opportunities. Mm, yeah, De, Gea, yeah. uh, De, De Gea makes a good save. Walker-Peters smashes one against the post from a set-piece routine. Mm. Um, so, yeah. One other big incident, and Eric Ten Hag said, actually, he thought the referee influenced the game, and he, was, he said on two occasions, I think he's talking about the red card for Casemiro, which maybe he's got to say that he didn't think it was red. The other was the uh, a handball shout on the Southampton defender, Bella Koch, who we both like. Who, who was yeah. a young player as the balls come in, Rob. He, he, he kind of goes down on, with 
both hands. And then almost like one hand throws towards the ball, and then he pulls it away at some speed. The more we saw it, the more I'm saying, that's a handball, that's mm. a penalty kick. Surprised mm. that the referee wasn't asked to go and look at it or go to the I monitor. I'm not quite sure what VAR's doing in those situations, yeah. but... Yeah. Got away with I agree. I agree on that one. On that mm. one, I think it probably was. I mean, handball, mate. I, what was the one? What was the one of the weekend? Adam it, Smith uh, for Bournemouth <sighs> with the header from Jogo Jota. I, I, I feel so bad for him. Yeah. I feel so bad for him because I watched it many times, mm. and he had to use all his leverage to get up to, to, to challenge. Mm. And then as he came down, the natural movement was his arms to, to, to go, go up to again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that, I guess that's where we are. Yeah, it's, it's, There's no way in, in, in any world that he deliberately did that. But I guess with his arm being away from his body, so now players yeah. Can't, yeah. Learn, can't go flowers as a lunge if it means their arms move away. They have mm. to change the way that they play. I, I just, we don't need to go there, but the, yeah, the handball stuff. Yeah, that was the Liverpool one, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, um, maybe talk about that. But yeah, uh, nil-nil. So just a little line on Ruben Sellers, uh, mostly. Just yeah. to move on, because... <clears throat> I'm kind of taking more and more interest in him. I think he's an interesting guy. Um, I've listened to a few of his press conferences, listened to a few of the players talk about him. I feel that there's something building at the football club. Two draws, uh, two wins, one draw and a defeat now in, in his full games in charge. thought his team were very well set up again, Rob. Nice balance between the game. Good pace with Suleiman on one side, Walcott the other, uh, Alcaraz centrally, uh, Che Adams up front who uh, tries hard, but maybe you could do a bit more quality. But... It's a, it's a balanced team. Uh, yeah. Lavier and, and Ward-Prowse sitting behind those Yeah, two. good players. Good, good players. players, man. Yeah, do you, know what? do you know what? And we just had a little chat a few seconds ago, Rob, about this, and we've talked before about it. This team is coached in a way that, that wants to attack and score yeah. goals. Yeah. And I think you're seeing now, first off, no really bad teams in the Premier League. No. And it's yeah. interesting, Rob, and maybe some of the other teams that we're going to quickly address, yeah. we, can, we can touch on it. But I feel like some of the lower teams now actually look like scoring. Yeah. Look like scoring, yeah. and some don't. Mm. We again, we can look at the table, yeah, and you yeah. know, Everton got a one 0 victory. Yeah. They, if they get one goal, like these goals, no, they don't. Yeah. Forest find it hard to score yeah. goals at times. They got plenty Johnson. of options. Yeah. So there's West Ham United. West Ham struggles for so, goals. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to be an incredible fight to the yeah. end of the season. But I kind of like the way that even the, the lower teams yeah. Yeah. are finding ways tactically mm. to get on the front foot yeah. and to score goals. And other teams, like a little higher in the league, Fulham's done it brilliantly. Yeah, a goal threat. Mm. You, say, you can say um, Brentford, the way yeah. that they play in yeah. general, there mm. with their focus, their identity to attack. Newcastle. It, it's the way the, the football's gone, hasn't it, over yeah. the last four or five years? That instead of sitting back and blocking up and trying yeah. to and grind away, the teams now are a, trying to... And Southampton's a good example. I to, to Rebecca today when we talked about Newcastle, uh, about West Ham. Let's go to Newcastle, Rob, because the mm. uh, big game at St. James's Park, not in great form. Really interesting with the team selection, made changes at the top end of the pitch. There was five changes all in. Um, Cher came back in. Willock came in for Joe Ellington, who suspended the yellow card accumulation. Right. But up top of the pitch, Rob, Almiron mm. got a rest. Murphy came in on the right. So Maximin came on the left. I think Anthony Gordon has got a knock, whether okay. he would have started yeah. or not, but he's a bit of a knock. Yeah, and the big striking. one yeah. that we've talked about, Alexander Isak getting the start ahead of Callum Wilson. Wilson went to the bench. And... Generally, Rob, it looked lively, didn't it? Oh, I thought it was brilliant. I thought, I thought the changes were magnificent changes. Mm. Great changes. Exactly what the team needed at this moment in time. Mm. Players that have had minutes before that yeah. have been brilliant, Amaron being the one, but also uh, Joe Willock, by the way, yeah. in midfield that, that was great earlier in the season. Mm. They've had to sit on the bench a little bit now. Others have done well. It's a great time to bring him back. 
I've seen many comments about Willock, um, particularly Jacob Murphy and how yeah. they played on the right-hand yeah, side, yeah. The, the influence they had. I think Alexander Isak, Rob, we, we know what sort of talent he is. He's got that unpredictability about the way that he plays. He, he's kind of languid. He can drag the ball. He's skillful. Great header for his Brilliant goal. Header. Leads the line well. Floats off. He's a bit like a false nine, really, yeah. even though yeah. he looks like a, a proper nine. I thought the changes were great. It was back to incessant Newcastle attack. Difficult game for Wolves. There's a yeah. moment in the second half like, God, Wolves... They, they were getting battered from all sides. Yeah, yeah. I just I just didn't know whether at some point, like, you know, whether Newcastle should have scored, get that second more, goal yeah, to make it 2-0. Yeah. Because when Wolves came back into yeah, it, yeah. again, there was a bit they of a panic on. Change, but yeah. I, I thought the changes were great. Reset, good time to reset for yeah, Eddie Howe. Because they, they dropped yeah, off a little bit. Just needed it, yeah. And now, uh, with the table, plenty of games to go. They're, of course, Finish. right in it for the top yeah. four. I thought it was an excellent game. I enjoyed game, the game yeah. and good changes. And the players that came in were hungry to do well, and they did. There was an incident that's divided people. I think it might even divided us. Uh, mm. It was early on in the game. It was uh, Raul Jimenez gets runs onto a ball that Nick Pope takes a bad touch as a goalkeeper. He's not brilliant with his, his feet, no, he's Nick not. Pope, actually. We watched no, him a few times. I was talking with Tim, and Tim's saying he's very cautious. Anyway, <sighs> Jimenez runs him down. Nick's a ball, runs across him. There's a coming together. Now, it depends how you view the coming together. Jimenez goes down. We... Camera goes to the referee, who's shaking his head and saying, no, no, and then pointing to his ear and almost saying to the Wolves players, no. So I'm assuming VAR's looked at it and gone, not a clear and obvious error. Right. No, pen no penalty kick, no dog zone, no foul of any sort. The outcome of the whole situation was Newcastle got a goal kick and the game restarted. Tim, both Tim and I, Tim instantly said... That's a foul, that's a red card, that's yep. a, a dog's own. And, and Tim said he'd actually played in a game against Sunderland when he did a similar thing, took a bad touch, somebody nicked it off him, he went to swipe him and went off. So he said, I, I, I get what Pope's done and I know what he's trying to do, but he thought it was red. I agreed. I, every time I saw it, I thought the contact by Pope was strong enough to be a foul. A foul in the box is a penalty. And the denial of a goal-scoring opportunity in that situation is a red card. Let's just go on that, first of all. OK. The touch that takes away from them after they collide. Yeah. I don't know whether that touch was a bit heavy, Rob. Would he have collected that ball? Well, it, it doesn't I, mean that he, he has to collect the ball. Well, it, it's got to be within plain distance, I assume. Yeah. That ball wasn't running. I don't think that ball was running out when he, if he doesn't get touched. I think he gets to the ball. Mm. And that's all we've got, you've got to say. He doesn't have yeah. to score. He's got to be able He's, to have oh, a yeah. chance and if, to and score. And if he, can, if he stays on his feet, feet correct. and he reaches the... Because it was kind of a, a little bit of a heavy... He flicked it away. Yeah, he tried to it was dribbling it out. Now, if, he, if, if you think he can get there, yeah. then obviously this dog's up yeah. because he yeah. brings it back Absolutely. in and there's no goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a huge call in itself. Yeah. I know the Graham and commentary... He did, was he did, okay, he did, he and he think, was there. But, yeah, yeah, he was, he was at the there. ground. He was okay, and he thought that it was almost like that, that Jimenez almost angled his body into Pope, yeah. and that was where the coming together was, yeah. and he was okay with it. Yeah. And listen, one thing we, we have between the, the group of us is that we're very respectful of others' views, and it's not yeah. like we're right or yeah, he's and, right. And, and we are never, I am never, going to... No, because no. two of the two of you guys thought yeah, it was. I'll say it is. Yeah, it, I, I, big I at the time, I, I think it's super borderline for me. Yeah. So I'm not as, I'm not as strong, strong as you as, and Tim yeah. about being a foul. Reason mm -hmm. why is that when when uh, Raul comes comes towards the ball, he's kind of on an angle, and he's going in line with the goalkeeper. Now he flicks the ball inside, yeah. and the ball spins. Yeah, he, he and then he, it away he, from him. Uh, I don't know what together. Nick. Yeah, they come together. Mm. I mean, Nick Pope didn't get to the ball, and there's contact. I get yeah. your point. Yeah. 
But he was clever as well because he flicked the ball away and his, his movement goes into Nick Pope. They come to make, together. To make the contact. So it's one of them yeah, it's a, it's when everybody ball. listening, yeah. watching this, like you make your own decision. Mm. It's super subjective. I had no problem with it at the time watching the game live where not given. I don't think it's a clear and obvious error, Rob. I didn't, yeah. right? So, it, mm. you know... If, if we re-referee and we did it again, yeah. we sit down with Tim yeah. and Graham and we, mm. we can go back and forth. And maybe we, we all, can. maybe, you know what, it, it, it may have been a penalty, but I don't think it was a, what we understand the rule Please, VR to come in for. It's yeah. clearing up howlers. It's, it's clearing yeah. up awful decisions. I didn't think it was an awful decision, but I, I totally see where your point is and yeah. Tim's point. I was just a little bit more on, oh, maybe they're coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But... It, yeah, it was a big point. It was because, a big, it was a big point oof. in the game because if he they go down to ten men and yeah, there's a goalkeeper, very big different change yeah. for Wolves team who yeah. you know fine well and, and and had one or two good looks actually. Robbie changed his system a little bit, changed his side. He brought Neto on at half time. He Chang Wang came in. They played underneath uh, Jimenez. He went to three at the back at one stage later on when they got to yeah. one one to hang yeah. on to it. Then Almiron does his little bit of magic. Signature, signature goal. Yeah, Almiron, yeah, that's a signature Starts goal. Outright, yeah, plays a one two. Yeah, runs in. Gets it back. Yeah, that was Elmer on early season. I mean, he scored it? so many M, by the yeah, way, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's a simple way. Runs inside, gives yeah. it somebody, keeps Give going. And because go, yeah. of that deep run, it's got yeah. pace going on, and he, he goes by. And uh, well, I mean, amazing reaction from yeah. him as well, isn't it? Brilliant reaction. Great yeah. scenes. And um, yeah, good win for I thought they were good. Eddie they, were, they were full yeah, value. They were full value. flying again. Yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So let's talk about Tottenham, my friend, because after a real disappointing week in, in Champions League, I mean, you're really never too sure what you're going to get. At oh home to Nottingham Forest, you'd like to think win. Um, no surprise, first two goals, the Prince, 20 Premier League goals now for Prince Harry, closing the gap on Erlen Haaland. Uh, two more great finishes. Jungman Sung gets him uh, a third goal, and Forrest sort of have a you know, um, consolation goal with Joe Worrell with a header. Andrew Ayew oh, misses a penalty, you know, story of the game. But in terms of, of Spurs, I thought good re- good result, actually. It's a solid result for a Spurs mm. team that we know is, I think I've called them snakes and ladders, shoots and ladders. I think you just yeah. up and down, up and down, Rob. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of attention after the, the Antonio Conte interview, wasn't it, this week, when he's talked about the club and they've got to get my spirit and if I'm going to be here a long time. And he... he what, what I heard, he was almost saying, let's just focus between now and the end of the season. Let's get to the end of the season, and then we'll talk about my contract and mm. Harry's contract and all those other things. And there's also talk with the interview with Richarlison. Yeah. The interview that he oh, did. Yeah, he wasn't and the, happy. We yeah. know he's an emotional player, and he's, like, frustrated. And I mean, I, I, I like it when a player, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I think many people have said, what, what did he do wrong? 
What did I do wrong? You just said, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. I want to play five minutes. I want to play more. Uh, I think you said it in the broadcast, Rob, um, about the manager. What a great time to put him in there. Yeah. You want yeah. to play? On you go. Oh, on you yeah. go then. Yeah. I mean, it's like... Yeah. Show me. Show me. Show me. If you want to play, you show mm. me. And Kulusevsky was just out of form a little yeah. bit. And well, why not have easier. Richarlison yeah. Son and Harry mm. Kane playing as a front three? Yeah. I think Richarlison deserves a run in the side. He deserves a, a, a run of starts. Maybe yeah. he's going to get it now. He had a strong game, was involved, yeah, assisted. Son got his goal yeah. as well. So yeah. that's good. It's like, it seems with Spurs like they have a, a few bad results and we all jump on them. Yeah, and then they come back. And then they come back. Yeah. Like they've got a great knack you, yeah. of, of coming back um, to get a result. So it, it will continue, Rob, this, this whole thing. The top four race will go to the end. There'll, yeah. be, there'll be bits where they're disappointing. The yeah. football is awful. It's boring. You wonder why they, don't, they waste minutes just sitting behind the ball. Um, and then they get great results as well. Yeah. I still would be, even if they get in the top four, Rob, I mean, the whole Antonio Conte thing, it is about where they finish, isn't it? It's yeah, about where they finish, where, and it's about a conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah. they finished fourth again. We did yeah. it last year. Are you going to give me more money to make this team better? Yeah. Or Because that's all it is. That's the, it, every single interview, it goes back to I'm working with quality one. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. they've just got to keep it going now to the end of the season. There's a bit of a race on for fourth spot, to be fair. Newcastle get back to form. Liverpool, knowing they can have days. Not even like to Brighton and... and Actually, we're in Chelsea, actually, who we're going to talk about. And I've yeah. said recently, three wins in three for Chelsea in a week. She said, well, they've just gone on a little run now. You know, <laughs> Champions League football. And I'm like, really? I said, that's a big call. <laughs> Chelsea, three, weeks, uh, three wins in a, in a, a row in all competitions. Um, good performance in the Champions League. We talked about that in our midweek party, didn't we? That Graham Potter looks a different guy. Yep. Um, Gets another result, good result going away at Leicester, 3-1 win, Rob. Uh, I thought they were pretty dominant for, for good periods of the games. Chilwell, Havertz and, and uh, Kovacic with the goal. A couple of lovely goals, weren't they, Havertz? And, lovely goal, uh, lovely and, goal. And Kovacic yeah. with, with yeah. the kind of yeah. volley. The volleys, yeah. It, is this now the real start of, of Graham <clears throat> Potter at Chelsea? Can we kind of, I can't erase what's going on, but can we start to think about moving forward, stepping forward and... The structure is starting to yeah. look a lot better. Yeah, I, I think we've said now that the three at the back looks yeah. good. When you've got the wing backs, mm. Reese James didn't play. No. Loftus Cheek can do that, does a pretty good mm -hmm. job there. Chilwell scores, yeah. uh, volley. So I think the, the system suits them really well. I really like Kovacic. Always have liked him as a mm. footballer alongside Enzo. Two players that will sit and hold and can defend, but also play a little bit. Yeah. Enzo's little clip over the top for Habits is oh, nice it's volley. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that in his game, yeah, Rob. Yeah. seen that many, many yeah. times before the ability to play balls over the top, which is great. What I found most interesting about this game, Rob, and I kind of liked it, was the front three. Yeah. And then we know that Graham Potter tweaks, changes, thinks things, and maybe he's just still trying to find a way to get his new expensive players into the team mm. playing well. Mudrick playing as, the, as, the, as a central yeah. forward, Rob. Yeah. He played the central player, Havertz to the right, yeah, and Joe right. Felix yeah. to the yeah. left-hand yeah. side. Now, a couple of things, obviously, obvious things. Mudrick... Normally mm. plays on the left-hand mm. side. Maybe a, a way of trying to get him involved more. Yeah. He can yeah. use his pace going mm. into channels both Different sides, sides. threatening behind mm. more than, than Havertz kind of did. But yeah. I don't know. I just yeah. liked Mudrick playing up there. that goes back to the swapping. Remember Sterling and Havertz, wasn't it? They worked quite well um, yeah. last week. The interchanging. The interchanging. Yeah. Havertz, having Havertz in that spot. And, and also, of course, what he's doing, obviously, is playing Kai Havertz mm. not central. Yeah. Off to the side a little bit, which I th I think now after what we've seen with him, Rob, yeah. I think it probably is his best spot. He said when it's he's, not the nine. He said something Graham Potter, and he just dropped out, but he said getting Kai in a few different spots right. is helping his game. Right. And, and so yeah, you get that, so I kind of like that, yeah. and I like that they're doing the same thing with Mudrick. Mm. 
trying them in a different spot, yeah. the central player. Again, things will change, maybe, and others will come back into the side. But I kind of liked the front three, Rob. Leicester yeah. City playing away, right? This is interesting, down the bottom of the league. Yeah. I guess what, what we said earlier on, they're so open. Mm. They ain't got. Play, they're, yeah. they're not. They're not. But they're not playing with any kind of bothered about no. the bottom of the league table. Mm. We're playing how we play. We're expansive. We'll attack. You yeah, attack. Yeah. We'll have that game because mm. we've got some good players and yeah. they have got some good players. What's happening is they're getting done more than they're winning they need, yeah. when it's an yeah, open game need. of football. But their style helped Chelsea in this mm. game, and I thought it helped the front three. The front three weren't yeah. up against a, a defensive packed. Mm. Defensive unit, they're against oh, an expansive yeah. side. Yeah. And Chelsea look really good on the counter-attack. Mm. Really good on the counter-attack when you've got Felix, you've got Mudrick yeah. and Havertz. A nice little combination of such. Um, and Felix, you know, again, it's the... Po I mean, it, yeah. how many times has he hit the woodwork, yeah, by the way? No, I mean, the crossbar. Yeah. Um, love watching him play. So I liked and enjoyed the front three, but maybe I liked it even more because of the way Leicester played. And in other teams, it might be... Not as, There's not as two easy. challenges in this game, Rob. I don't know if you saw them. Pereira with a, with a lunge on Felix that... Pereira, yeah. Didn't get anything. Didn't even get a card. Crazy. It not a red for me. I thought it was a red card. No, I didn't think it was a red card. And Amati kicked out at the ball and then gave the studs in the chest of Habits. Yeah. Which, again, was one of those where I thought it was a yellow card but could, could have bordered on, on, on red. Yeah. I thought he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Just got to be careful, Leicester, that obviously things ain't going well. If, if you know, yeah. start losing one or two people, Robert, on, on running, things mm. go very quickly sliding when you're in the What are they on points, Rob? You've got a table there. Yeah, what, what are Leicester on? Leicester City in the moment. 24, 16th in the league, and they've got 24 points. I mean, Bournemouth have got 24 points. They sit bottom four, so they're only out of the bottom, bottom three, sorry, on goal difference. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's scary. If they lose one or two of their most important mm. attacking players, yeah. the way that they defend or don't defend, the way they try and play against every team, mm. then, and, and the goals dry up a little bit at the other end, they could, they could I mean, they're, they're all in trouble. They're, yeah. they're, it's, a, it's a crazy Absolutely. table for that. But I, um, yeah, those challenges. I think just one thing on that, Rob, right? The, the studs on that, uh, was it, it, was the, it wasn't the Marty one, it was the... Uh, Pereira. Pereira. Pereira, yeah. You know, sometimes when, you're pl when, when you attempt to, to, to win the ball, kick the ball, tackle the ball, yeah. your foot goes a little bit up, doesn't oh, it? Yeah, yeah. And if you don't get the ball and it makes contact, it, I just think it, that one looked really bad, mm. but it's not excessive force. Yeah, I, I, I just think that line of red cards now, Rob, it's get, are we getting to a point where any time, you know, the studs are up a little bit and, I, I, you know, it's a red card? I thought it was a yellow. I just thought it was high. I thought it was dangerous. I think if, if, it, if it becomes a bigger injury for Felix, I think it, it, it becomes a bigger issue. I, I just didn't like the challenge. I've got to be honest. I, I didn't like the challenge. Um, mm. I thought he was a little bit lucky uh, to, to get away with anything. But um, they weren't lucky enough to get the win. Good win for Chelsea. Uh, another three points and a bit more confidence coming back into the camp. Just a few of the other results, Rob. Everton won Brentford nil. Our friend Dwight McNeil well, with, with the, an early Go on, goal. Dwight. Go on, Dwight. Dwight got Good Dwight goals and assists, McNeil. Uh, great strike. Well, that's, um, that's the, that's the and blueprint that's the, for I mean, a 1-0 one nil. win for yeah. Sean Dyche is the way that they... When you look at those teams, Rob, I and mean, talk about Leicester defending, which couldn't be more opposite than our Everton defend, with, you know, with this organisation and structure and... and, and if, if Everton can find the goals, you feel that they, they can stay yeah, up. Yeah, because they need one. Yeah. yeah. They just need one, yeah. where Leeds... Leicester, possibly. Yeah. Two or three, Might need possibly. more than one. To, to, so it, it's... 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fascinating, mm. that, that bottom of the table and Leeds, you know, where they Leeds are right two, now. Leeds 2-2 with, with, with Brighton. Did you see anything of, 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 of this one? I saw the goals. I saw the highlights of this one. Yeah. Um, so, both teams started quite well. Brighton go ahead. Uh, McCallister with, with a nice little header. Yeah, and then nice header, yeah. Jack Harrison involved in all kinds of things. He assists. Patrick Bamford deflected goal. Great to get him back in the team. Then they go down to an own goal, um, Jack Harrison trying to clear it from his own He just line. shanked it, didn't he? He, he just shanked, shanked it. it off his left foot. I mean, yeah. I don't know how he did it. Hard. It seemed like it would have been harder to score than, than miss on that occasion. But uh, that's 2-1. And then Harrison bends in a beauty from, from the corner. In between that, Rob, I don't know if you, if you saw in the highlights, 2-1, Danny Welbeck came on as a second-half sub, wriggled past a couple of defenders, one-on-one one with the keeper, over, over the smashed it over the top. And Deserby, like, his face was like thunder. Mm. And then... Whatever, however long later, uh, when Jack Harrison gets the winner, Deserby was kicking bottles and equaliser. bottles and yeah. equaliser. Because yeah. uh, he knew that was a, that could have been a big win. Yeah. I'm still concerned for Leeds, mate. I've got to be honest. I'm still concerned for Leeds United in the Premier League. I am as well. I am as well. And it, it, it will go back to the big decision of Jesse Marsh and yeah. firing him yeah. and, and being in a situation yeah. now where I don't know whether they thought that somebody was going to come in, Rob, and... And, and tweak things a little bit, yeah. and they were going to be okay and, 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 and win and get points, get away from that trouble, but it's not a situation, and they are no better. Bamford is scoring again. They got another option, the young kid. Yeah, Rodrigo Ruter. was on the bench, came on as well. Oh, that's as, important. As well, so yeah, that's, him he's a, is he 10 be, goals? I think he might be the yeah, top goal. He's, he's definitely goals, top yeah. goal scorer. So they didn't talk about Nyonto as well. They could even play him as a second striker, maybe yeah. off somebody yeah. to get him back. So in they've in got the some team. attacking. They can yeah. score. Leeds can score. They're going to concede, don't they? Yeah. Gonna concede, mm. and finally West Ham won, Villa won. Uh, Villa go one up through Wally Watkins, who's in a nice vein of form from Villa's point of view for for West Ham. Um, they they got back into the game. The the penalty kick. That I wasn't I wasn't convinced it was a penalty. Remember, did you see Pakatol goes down under challenge? From oh, Leon I didn't think Bailey. that was a penalty. We yeah, didn't think. I mean, just, it's an awful just, lot. He just stands behind him. Yeah, that, goes was down. that was a, that was a bad one. Ben Rama smashes it into the back of the net. Um, but a few boos at the end for for David Moyes. They don't play now. They've got FA Cup game, Rob, and their next game is April the second in the Premier League, which by the time they could be bottom three. They're just out of it now on goal difference. And Bex does, does the usual great question that you know is coming. Is this or would this be the ideal time if you're going to make a change to make it to give somebody two or three? I don't think it's. I don't, I, I'm not sure it's. The t- I, I'm not I sure think, it's. You know, Tim and I both I don't agree think that, that. I don't, I'm not. That, you know, the Europa Conference League is nine wins there. Yeah. It's a bit of a confidence. It's, yeah. it's, it's a different level. Premier League's a different level. But, you know, you almost. If you sat David Moyes, you're almost trying to find a David Moyes to come in and save you, which kind of feels a bit strange. What I would say, Rob, and it was the point you made and I made to Bex on the broadcast is, the difference with, with West Ham of the past and what, what West Ham seems, West Ham don't mind the opposition having the ball and they're well set up. And they, you know, they like the counter-strike, they like to nick off you. But the teams now who have the ball are better with, in possession. They don't make as many mistakes. You know, Unai Emery's at Villa compared to Stevie Gerrard. Mm. You know, um, Marco Silva's Fulham. Fulham used to come up and eventually you think they'll give, give us the ball. Brentford, you know, Wolves are decent in possession. There's a lot more teams who are better in possession than than West Ham are. are. And so because of that, that slightly worries me with West Ham, that that they might have to have a little flip of of this 
system of play. But he ain't going to change, is he, Rob? I don't no, think he's going to no, change. No, he isn't. And to be fair to Tim, Tim made the great point today. He said, David Moyes has had a 20-year managing career doing it a certain way. Yeah. At this stage in career, he ain't going to change. No, he isn't. Uh, what, what's astonishing to me is that, you know, if you're the ownership or you're the fans and you see the club spend a lot of money, Rob, in last summer, and, and, and they, forwards, they, go from, they go from there to, to relegation. Look at like. I, I saw the bench. They've got Skamaka, they've got yeah. Ings, they've got Antonio, they've got Benrahma, they've got Fernandes. Yeah, Jer- Bo- Bowen, Bowen scores goals. They've they got, got Suchek. I know. They've got Pakatar. <laughs> I know. It was a for, I mean, he's, he's a, I know. It, it, it's, and that's a bit that might... Somebody might just the, look at all summer, that. In the summer, yeah. the ownership somebody might, might say, be. OK, mm. we stayed up, yeah. you know, yeah. but we, we, we're kind of better than mm. that. And we've mm. given him the whole season, Rob. And I yeah. know that, you know, he said, like, integrating these new players is difficult. Yeah, yeah. The whole season... To improve, you'd be. I'd be. If I was director of football at West yeah. Ham, I'd be like, let's let's stick with David Moyes. Yeah. Trust yeah. him to get us out of it. He's mm. done it before. Correct. Um, but in the summer, let, let's have a look around a little bit. You know, I mean, Deserbi, my friend. I mean, Roberto Deserbi. Oh, I think there's. Oh. A, I think there's a quite a lot. I mean, how good would he be for West Ham United? Oh. By the way? How good would he be for Tottenham? I took him in for Tottenham. I know. I would too. I would too. Are we, are we a bit knee jerk there, by the way? Are we a bit knee jerk? Yeah, yeah. But we one? love a knee jerk. We love. I know, love knee jerk. He deserves it. That's amazing. That's time to wrap it up right. after a bad line like that. So another chapter of the Premier League in the bag. Two top teams going toe-to-toe to keep the race alive at the top. At the bottom, there's nine clubs now in danger of relegation, so draw my head at both ends of the table. We'll be back on Thursday. That's March to 7. Teams to make a date in your diary. We'll react to midweek Premier League games, Champions League games from Tuesday and Wednesday, and then Europa League, which still includes Arsenal and Manchester United. But for now, I'm Earl. He's mustered together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe. Stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.